Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, around about that 10th verse. Let me trudge my way through and try to do something. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, the 10th verse, and we'll read. It says, when you have eaten and are satisfied. Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build nice houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all that you have is multiplied. Somebody say multiply. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with his venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something that your fathers had never known to humble you, to test you, so that in the end it may go well with you. For a few minutes, I want to talk from the subject, remembering is resistance. You may be seated. Everybody say, remembering is resistance. Uh Bless the reading of that scripture. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Last year marked the 100th year Pastor Mike, Reverend Lakeisha, since the Tulsa Race Massacre. Many of you familiar with it by now. Hopefully here in New York City, you heard about it. But by way of summary, on May 31st, 1921, Dr. Maurice, the events that took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, would reshape that city, this, the state, and the entire nation. The Greenwood, the Greenwood District is what it's called. It was named that by Booker G. Washington. Booker G. Washington, in fact, gave it the name Black Wall Street. It was a booming, self-sufficient black neighborhood. Historians record that word was out all across this country that if you wanted to have success, to make a prosperous life for you and your family by way of, by, by your way, make your way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Greenwood District. In this one neighborhood, there were black-owned businesses down, up and down the street, black banks and black grocery stores and black clothing stores and beauty shops and restaurants and hotels, printing shops, and the list goes on and on. This one district called the Greenwood District had black folks own their own schools, their own homes. Let, let me repeat this again. Up and down the street, everything was owned by these African-Americans. When the people in this community went to bed the night of May 31st, 1921, they were confident that even though this country was still struggling with racism against its own citizens, this community was attempting to promote black success and prosperity in spite of that. 
They created a community to nurture each other, to feed each other, to support each other, to lift each other. But in the middle of the night, on May 31st, 1921, terror would strike this prosperous community based on rumors and lies about a supposed encounter between a white woman and a black man. This community over the next few days would be decimated by racist Oklahoma citizens. This entire neighborhood, the Greenwood community, would be burned to the ground. 11,000 black people would become homeless. 300 black people would be killed. All of the businesses would be burned to the ground. History further records that black people were placed in internment camps for weeks. This horror, this nightmare, this, this genocide would become one of America's greatest secrets. Lives were changed. Families were changed forever. This was, this was an Oklahoma secret, but it was a national secret. When many knew about it, but only a few talked about it, even though this happened in Oklahoma, it was not placed in the school system. It was not placed in the curriculum of any of the school districts. This was history that many people wanted to forget. Stay right there. Act like it never happened. Well, the closer the date came to commemorate this event, conversations started to take place about whether reparations should be given to any of the survivors or their family members. There were those hoping that there were none still living. There were those hoping that there were no survivors still living. But much to their dismay, there were three survivors still living. Mm -hmm. They found one sister by the name of Viola Fletcher. Ms. Viola Fletcher was 107 years old. She was a survivor of the Tulsa massacre. Well, they asked her to come and give her own testimony. Ms. Fletcher testified before a congressional committee and spoke with passion and conviction about how that event changed her life. She said, she said, and I quote, I'm here to get justice from my country. What took place 100 years ago. She then recounts the actual facts of the events about how houses and businesses in the entire Greenwood district was destroyed. She talked about how one day people she was used to seeing, she saw them no more. She began saying nobody was held accountable. Nobody was tried or convicted. Nobody was ever made to answer for the horrific events that took place and altered lives forever. Some, some even tried to say the event never took place. Some said, some said we ought to just forget about it. But Miss Viola Fletcher, at 107 years old, had one weapon in her arsenal that would keep folk from not being truthful regarding this event. Miss Fletcher had one weapon that would disable the lies that had been told about this event. Miss Fletcher, at 107 years old, with clarity in her mind, Pastor Mike, passion in her mouth, while she testified, she said two words. And these two words, when I was watching the hearing, blew me away. She said two words, y'all. She said, I remember. <laughs> yeah, somebody say remember. My God, when I saw on TV, I about ran around the house. 107 years old, frail in her body. But she had clarity of her mind. She said, I remember. She was unleashing all of God's power. She admitted she never made a lot of money. She admitted she was not able to go to school yet. In that moment, degrees and a good job was not needed to dismantle the lies that had been told about that story. What was needed in that moment was memory. Everybody say memory. Memory in many instances is a powerful weapon in the hands of a child of God. 
The ability to look back at something is a powerful tool when confronting seemingly overwhelming odds. To walk back through the timeline of your life and to bring to the forefront of your mind those moments, those instances, those occurrences that shaped and formed you are vitally important. Somebody say memory. One of the tricks of the enemy is to try to convince you that when you get comfortable, you ought to forget. But I dare say I got 50 runners in here that can testify that when I look back over my life and I look at what God has done in my life, I can't help but give God glory because I got memory. Somebody shout memory. Yeah, Miss Viola Fletcher held a class, a class on the power of remembrance. I believe that one of the reasons that we often struggle as a people is because we lose our memory, forgetting the places and the points on our journey where God strengthened us to fight, liberated us to press on and encouraged us to pray. Forgetting those places and points where God revealed to us our own power and his own might. Forgetting those places and points where he stepped in and was provider and perfecter and provision. Can, can I tell you this morning that you can lose a whole lot of stuff, but you better not lose your memory. That you can lose a whole lot of stuff, but you better not lose your ability to look back at your life. You, you can lose a whole lot of stuff. But you better remember that if God did anything for you, especially coming out of a pandemic, you ought to be able to use your memory. Say, not today, devil. I've been through too much to forget what the Lord has done for me. Is there anybody in here that's got a memory? Somebody shout memory. Watch this. One, one person defined memory like this. Dr. Maurice, I about shouted when I read it. It says, memory allows for a kind of mental time travel, a way for us to picture not just the past, but also a version of the future. In other words, I see myself better in the future when I'm able to reflect back at my past. I see the possibilities of what the future looks like when I remind myself of the hell that I made it through to get to where I am. Who I can become is shaped by my ability to reflect on my yesterday. My drive to upset the work of the enemy is predicated on my desire to remember where I come from and whose I come from. I got to remember. Somebody say remember. Yeah, remembering. Remembering is resistance. Complacency. It's not just the enemy of progress. Thank you. But complacency is the enemy of memory. When you get too comfortable, when you feel like you've arrived and you forget what the Lord has done for you. I dare say that somebody here can testify that you are not today where you were 10 years ago. You are not today where you were five years ago. Do I have 50 folk in here that can look back at 2021 and 2020 and say, look, what the Lord has done. I just need somebody to jump up and shout memory. And let me be honest. We don't, we don't come from folk who forget. <laughs> somebody help me preach this in here. We come from folk who knew we got some more battles to fight. Some more struggles to overcome. Some more victories to obtain. Not just for us, but for future generations. That's why you need to use your memory. That's why, that's why my grandmother, with limited education, taught me a class on how to use memory. She would be in her kitchen. And, and although I have multiple degrees, this was the greatest lesson I ever learned. She would be in the kitchen and over a pot of greens with cornbread in the oven. 
with an apron around her neck. My grandmother, without being coached, without being prodded, without praise team, without organs and drums, my grandmother would simply say, thank you. I just need five people in here. Now, she, she wasn't thanking the government for help. She wasn't thanking for no stimulus check. She wasn't thanking for no liberal benevolence. She had a flashback in her mind and she knew God had been good to her. She would just sit over there and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do I have five people in here? You ain't got to say much today. You just want to thank. Maybe, and maybe, maybe you don't come where I come from. But they used to thank him because he was bread when they were hungry. He was water when they were thirsty. He put a roof over their head. He put clothes on their back. When they woke up in the morning, they thanked him because the blood was still. Y'all going to make me lose it in here. Running warm in their pants. Is there anybody in here that can take 30 seconds to throw your head back and just tell God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you raised me. Well, <laughs> yeah. Grandmama would say, I know we're in a new generation. But grandmama say, thank you, God. That bed was not cooling board. Sheets were not winding cloth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, because remembering was resistance. It was memoring. Remember that kept them fighting for freedom. Remembering that kept them fighting for justice. Remembering that kept them fighting for liberation. Fighting against depression. Fighting against doubts. I found out something in my life that remembering gives you roots and wings. Yeah, yeah. Because when you remember, it gives you roots because it establishes you. It makes you stable. But it gives you wings because it's all about the possibilities of what God is going to do in your life tomorrow. Can I help myself in here? Some of us are here because God gave us roots and wings. Roots secured us, but wings gave us hope about tomorrow. Roots established us, but wings gave me hope that tomorrow's going to be better. Is there anybody in here that's got roots and wings? <clears throat> I dare say there's somebody in here, you are one memory away from breaking a generational curse in your family. Talk, home. You one memory away from writing that book that you've been talking about. You're one memory away from starting that business. You're one memory away from getting your body healed. You're one memory away from getting that promotion. You're one memory away from breaking generational health. One, somebody say one memory. Your memory is evidence for your confidence. Stop allowing stuff that's not bigger than your God defeat you. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Somebody say remember. That's the word we find in our text over and over again in the book. You see God speaking through his vessels. He continues to tell the children of Israel, don't forget. Never forget. 
God understood that forgetting is easy for this people, that they would get over into Canaan. They move up the social economic ladder, preach Coleman, and forget where they come from. Also, they would encounter enemies that would threaten them into submission. They forget who it was that fought for them in the past. God knew that, given the specific situation. So he gives them instructions. He said, don't forget. That's why chapter eight comes before the battle of Jericho, because God knew that Jericho, what it would look like to these people. So before he gets them to Jericho, he has to give them instructions. Here's what he says. This is the Coleman version. Make sure when you eat and are satisfied and you build them nice houses and you get them little condos and that split duplex and that nice car. You make sure that when your money start looking right, somebody say look right money, look right money. <laughs> when your money start looking right. He said, and you watch your standard of living go up and up. He said, make sure you don't get so full of yourself. Preach, Coleman, that you forget your God. First thing he says, and I'm going to give you this. I'm not going to hold you. He said, he said, first thing he says, he says, remember, remember, don't forget when you're full who fed you. Yeah, preach, Coleman. Woe unto us that move up and move forward. And when we navigate to better places, we forget God. We become more educated, more successful, more prosperous, more accomplished that we forget who fed us. Woe unto us because of upward mobility and corporate access. Forget the God who fed us. Woe unto us. We got to resist the temptation to forget God when you've arrived. You always remember that it was your God when you had nothing that still provided for you. It was your God that provided for you when you had nothing. Y'all not going to help me preach in here. I said nothing. No, I said nothing. Is there anybody test? Have you ever been in nothing? I, can't. I don't know if nobody been in. I'm talking about nothing. When a sardine sandwich tasted like a T-bone steak. When jelly and syrup sandwiches tasted like a four-course meal. When ramen noodles tasted like the best. Is there anybody in here that's ever had nothing? Slap your neighbor, say, I did it, nothing. I did it, nothing. But it was nobody but God that took me from nothing to something. It was nobody but God that took me from nowhere to somewhere. It was nobody but God that set me by his own hand. Is there anybody in here that can shout thank you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody need to praise him because God has made you full right now. Full of his grace and full of his mercy. Somebody say, I'm full right now. Full of his kindness and full of his care. Somebody give him praise and shout, I'm full now. Somebody say, remember who fed you. Come on, say, God fed me. Hold on, two. Not only don't forget who fed you when you're full. Oh. This second point, y'all may run out of church. That Maurice. Um, in the text, he says, don't forget uh, 
When you come out, who brought you? Listen to the text. It said the God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery, the God who led you through huge and fearsome wilderness, through desolate and bad lands, crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions. Y'all just missed a shout right there. That's just your family mess right there. God says, I know where you used to be and I know what you had to go through to get to where you are. Not only did I feed you, don't run y'all, I covered you. He covered me. It's some stuff that should have got me. It's some stuff that should have took me out. It's some stuff that should have took what he took. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. It was some snakes along this journey. It was some scorpions along this journey. There was some bad lands along this journey. There was some desolated places along this journey. But he covered. <laughs> he said, don't forget, when you get there, it was me that covered you. Now, I got to do this, y'all. I thank God. This, I, this ain't in my own script. I thank God that I can look back and there were places when I should have lost it. God, thank you for this right here. There's some places where I should have thrown in the towel. There's some places when I should have gave up. But God said, but it was in that moment, Coleman, that I covered you. I didn't just cover your body. I covered your mind. Is there anybody in here that's ever had God cover your mind? Somebody shout, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered. Thank you, grandmama, thank you, grandmama, from danger seen. <laughs> and unseen. I thank him that he covered me from stuff I didn't even see. The enemy wants you to act like you didn't go through hell to get to where you are. He wants you to act like you ain't got no scars, no wounds, and no bruises. But you got to resist that temptation. Somebody shout, remember, he covered you. Last one, I'm out of here. God bless (laughs) y'all. Yeah, yeah. Here it is, Pastor Mike. This is what I realized. He fed me. Say he fed me. (laughs) I could go back there and linger there. Um, Say he covered me. The last one. (sighs) Remember that he fed you. Remember that he covered you. I ain't going to worry y'all, but here's my, but remember that he promised you. God help me in here. And you shall remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. God said, don't forget that when you get that land and you get that house and you get that car and you get that promotion, you get that degree. Know that the promise didn't start with you. Preach Coleman. 
I made a promise to your ancestors that I was going to keep you. Y'all. You, you ain't got no reason to be arrogant. You got no reason to be conceited because the promise didn't begin with you. It began with your great, great grandmama. When God say, I got your generations unyet born. Watch this. Somebody prayed for you to be here. Somebody fasted for you to be here. Somebody worshiped for you to be here. Somebody walked the floor at night for you to be here. And I think you ought to give God a praise. If you had anybody in your family that before you were born, they prayed for you to show up. Is there anybody in here that's walking in a promise, that's living in a promise, that was born as a promise? Then take 30 seconds to give them glory and shout, remember. If he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. I need 50 folk in here that can throw your hands up and say, I received God's promise. I am God's promise. I remember how he kept me. I remember how he raised me. I remember how he delivered me. I remember how he set me free. I remember how he provided for me. Let the redeemed of the Lord give God a shout. Y'all forgive me, but somebody having a flashback right now. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, not remembering his resistance. Devil, you can't have me. Depression, you gotta go. Doubt, you gotta go. Fear, you gotta go. Worry, you gotta go. Cause I remember. Yeah, here it is. Keisha. Reverend Keisha. Six years ago, my mother had a stroke. Six years ago. <laughs> Six years ago, my mother had a stroke. She was at our house a week ago. And, uh, Interestingly enough, my mother's doing great. Listen, she's doing better than me. <laughs> Listen, the only thing, y'all gonna run on this. The only thing the stroke took was her speech. She walks three miles a day, but she has a aphasia, aphasia, which means she struggles talking. She really can't make sentences. She does words. Six years, I've been living with my mother, and our relationship was based on talking. So the enemy, adversary, whatever you want to call it, took her speech. She's at the house the other day, and she's sitting at the dining room table, and I had a shirt on, and she remembered <laughs> birthmark that I had. <laughs> She gets up from the table and she pulls my shirt and she points. I say, yeah, my birthmark. She says, mm -mm. She goes, sits back down and she starts signing. 
Pastor Sherry was at the table. She said, what, what you, when I was, when I was, when I, when she got ready to give birth to me, she was watching a vampire show. So she always associates my birthmark with watching vampire shows. As only a mother could. But she did something. She hugged herself. And she started rocking. She said, memories. <laughs> Woo, God help me. Woo. And my mother don't say full sentences. But the fact that she was able to hug herself. And just rock back and forth. And say memories. While I was sitting there, Remkeisha, I hugged myself. I said, memories. I started thinking about what the God had done for me and how God brought memories. How God had healed my body. And memories. How God brought me out. And I said, I was going to come to SCBC and see if I could get some folk in the house that could just hug yourself and just say, memories. When I think about what he's done for me, how he brought me over, how he set me free. Is there anybody at FCPC that can give God a shout because you got some memories? When you know that 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 God has brought you out. God has brought you over. Is there anybody that can jump up right now, give a glory, and shout memory? There it is. There it is. Somebody say remembering is resistance. Here it is. I'm done. Here it is. The next time doubt comes in. The next time depression tries to come in. The next time anxiety comes in. Go ahead and time travel back to when God delivered you before. When God brought you out before. When God brought you over before. And just start saying to yourself, I remember that if he did it in 85 and he did it in 98 and he did it in 2022, he did it in 2019. If he did it before, can I get 30 people to testify that God will do it? He'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it. Let me do it. <sighs> Memories. Thank you, God, for everything you've already done. Thank you for what you're doing right now. But I anticipate that the best is yet to come. I'm hoping on my memories. I'm believing in my memories. Somebody give them praise in the house today. If you know that you know that the best is yet to come. You just got to remember that if God did it before, that God will do it again. Give him a shout, right? Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute 
If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.